Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Market Lane's uh, Coffee Podcast. Um, my name is Einar, and today I'm catching up to Jason to answer more of your uh, questions and myths. Hi, everyone. Thanks very much again for your great questions and myths. Uh, we've got a few things about caffeine to cover today and a little bit of homework as well from the last episode where I needed to fact check myself so we can get right into that. Uh, the first one was about pregnant women should not drink coffee. I checked the Royal Women's Hospital and they recommend limiting coffee intake to three cups of coffee or a massive five cups of tea. So I would say it's fairly safe to consume coffee when you're pregnant. And while we're on the topic of health, there was another comment about does coffee stunt growth in teenagers? I also fact checked this. It is a myth. They postulate that it comes from a misconception about coffee causing osteoporosis, uh, which it does not. And this osteoporosis would stunt growth in teenagers, but it does not. Some of the other homework I had was to just sort of research into how much caffeine content is in the coffee drinks that we serve and I had to do a bit of hunting around online I found some research done into coffee drinks that are made with a similar recipe because obviously coffee recipes can can vary a lot with how much coffee they use and, and this in turn will greatly affect how much caffeine is in the in the beverage also brews like French press and plunger because they have such a long steep time they also have a lot more caffeine content so for us I found that for filter coffee um, our drinks with our recipe 65 grams per brew have about 75 milligrams of caffeine per 100 mils of filter coffee so that's about 165 milligrams of caffeine per cup that we serve 230 mils and then for espresso i found that with our sort of you know lighter roast style they've measured about 275 milligrams per 100 milligrams of espresso so that's about 50 milligrams of caffeine per 18 gram single espresso. Espresso has more caffeine, but only by weight. So if you have a full cup of filter coffee, you would be getting more caffeine. So to compare a full cup of filter coffee with a double espresso, if you had a full cup of filter coffee, you would be getting 165 milligrams of caffeine. And if you had a double espresso, you'd only be getting 100 milligrams of caffeine. I should also add that the research has to be done on particular coffees. For instance, Robusta has twice as much caffeine than Arabica, so you have to be careful where the source comes from and what coffee it is. So if you really wanted a pick-me-up first thing in the morning is to have a big cup of filter coffee, and that will really get you going. There's another mention of a myth about bulletproof coffee, that butter actually slows the absorption of caffeine into your body. Broadly, this is true, like eating and fats, food in general, will slow the absorption of caffeine into your bloodstream, but only marginally, only by a very, very small amount. You'd be better off just sipping your coffee slowly over 20 minutes rather than you know having it in one go because sipping it slowly will have more of an impact than mixing butter into it. For those that don't know, Bulletproof Coffee is a, a fad that came out a few years ago where people would blend black coffee with a knob of butter. And they promoted this as a, a, a healthier way of consuming coffee because it would slow the caffeine absorption over time and give you a slow energy release over time. So great for working out and things like that. Ironically, people have been mixing dairy fats into coffee for a long time such as milk and cream as well. So the fad for me is a bit of a non-starter. If you want to, you know, add some dairy fats, just, just add milk or, or cream or something. And speaking of dairy solids, we had another question. Does skinny milk have less lactose than full cream milk? Or I guess it's based on the myth that people say they'd prefer to have skinny milk because it has less lactose. And I looked into it and actually no, skinny milk has more lactose than full cream milk. Only marginally though. Full fat milk has 13.02 
grams of lactose per cup and skim milk has 13.18 grams of lactose per cup. We also had a question about scalded milk and at what temperature does milk scald? And this question is more about, for, or for me anyway, this question was more about uh, cooking. And so I went through a couple of my cookbooks to check, you know, my custard recipes and things like that. The reason they scald milk for custard and, and other cooking is to denature the proteins. It sort of inhibits the proteins affecting things like the, the dough rise. When they make donuts or, or like a custard, they do specify that you should scald it properly all the way up to 83 degrees Celsius. That process does a couple of things. It, it denatures proteins, but it also reduces sweetness. So when you taste it, a little bit of scalded milk compared to just warm milk, you'll notice that the scalded milk is less sweet than the warmer milk. That's the reason that we don't heat the milk up past 70 degrees, is that you do lose perceivable sweetness at that temperature. Another myth that we heard is that it's possible to burn coffee or coffee can get burnt by coffee machines. We get some feedback from customers that the coffee tastes burnt from time to time. It's actually not possible to burn coffee itself or to use water that, that's too hot. But what we find is usually those complaints come from the coffee tasting dirty or unclean. It's usually from the equipment itself. So if there's a lot of coffee buildup in the group head, it can dry out and sort of bake on a little bit and it will give that real sort of dirty old coffee taste. So when people say my coffee tastes burnt, I always think well, it's probably equipment. Let's give it a clean and try harder next time. So if a customer complains that their coffee tastes burnt, the first thing I would do is offer to remake it. And it can be sometimes that people aren't used to our double shot. So them saying my coffee tastes burnt may just be them saying that my coffee tastes too strong. So maybe they would prefer a single shot. And then when you, when you do remake their coffee, give the group head a little bit of a clean and the port filter as well, because it may be that they're tasting uh, some residual coffee in the in the group head in the port filter. And if nothing else, they're gonna appreciate the effort that you went to and feel like you've looked after them. There was another comment from someone that mocha has nothing to do with a chocolatey coffee drink. Now this is partially not true and let me explain. Mocha is a port in Yemen. It's also the name of a coffee variety. And this coffee variety is particularly chocolatey and sort of nutty in flavor. I speculate that the the name Mocha, actually the coffee and chocolate drink that's sort of now famous, is named after this coffee from the port of Mocha. So it does have a little bit to do with that. Of course, if someone comes up and asks for a mocha, they're probably just asking for a cappuccino with chocolate sauce in it, not a specialty coffee from, yep. from Yemen. And there was another comment that, that cappuccinos have to have chocolate sprinkles on top. Uh, now, obviously, we don't think that's the case. We think cappuccinos are, are sweet enough without the chocolate sprinkles on top. And I speculate that's why chocolate sprinkles ended up on a lot of cappuccinos was just to add a bit more sweetness uh, to the, you know, potentially dry scalded milk that had occurred in those cappuccinos. And that's about it from us this time. Next time we'll address some technical questions we had about making coffee, about dialing in the machine in the morning, and of course, the big one. Is it better to knock the spent puck out of the machine straight away, or do you leave it in to keep the machine warm? We'll find out next time. Thanks for listening.